What do you do if you're feeling completely overwhelmed with negativity about the environment? I discussed the answer to this exact question with Katarina Hellman, a life coach and climate change coach who works with people to turn their climate anxiety into empowered action. This episode is full of practical advice on what you can do to manage negative emotions or that feeling of helplessness that we all can experience when thinking about the massive environmental challenges we're faced with. Let me know in the comments if you ever use any of these techniques. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Katrina. Great to have you on the Sustainability Champions podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor and pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate that. So I always like to start these conversations with basically a very similar question, which is um, to look at things from a broad picture in terms of what you do. So what's basically the elevator pitch for a climate change coach? So a climate change coach, at least in the way that I interpret it, is someone who brings coaching tools to everyone who wants to do something about climate change. So I personally coach people who want to turn climate anxiety into action, into empowered action, for example, reducing their carbon footprint or living more sustainably without getting overwhelmed by that or without sacrificing and quality of life. And I help people in all sorts of areas to do that, be it, um, you know, mindset coaching, emotional processing, um, goal setting tools, overcoming, you know, negative feelings or navigating relationships, even with people who are not on the same page with regard to climate change. So it could be, it could be all sorts of issues that people are bringing to me and I will help them Hmm. Um, with the tools that I've been training. That's amazing. And so, I mean, what are some of the, I have a lot to say on this, but I'm, I'm curious to know first, what are some of the, um, what, what are some of the most common challenges that you see? I, it sounds like you've sort of started to, to talk about it, but you know, when, when it comes to the, the questions or problems or challenges that people have when they, when they speak with you, what, is there a, a pattern that you see or some of the more, more common things? Yes, absolutely. So um, I would say the people who are more emotionally affected by climate change, uh, for them, it's mainly three areas that they are struggling with. The first area is to actually deal with these emotions. You know, there are people who are so overwhelmed and so like suffering from what they be happening what they believe to be happening in the future to the planet to humanity on the planet because of global warming that they are practically already at the point where they are not even you know enjoying life anymore or even able to live a normal life like people who are not affected by that so for example i had um, a client who was a university student uh, and she basically said well I'm thinking about not finishing my studies because what's the point in getting a degree if I'm not going to be having a future anyway? So why put in the work now if there is no future? So the emotional side of, of dealing with climate change emotionally and, and mentally and building emotional and mental resilience is, is a huge part. And the second part is the, the fact that people are feeling completely powerless and hopeless 
because of the enormity of this crisis and they want to do something and they don't know what that could be and how they could do it as an individual. So the action side of things is also a huge part. And then the third part that I've been noticing or that has been coming up a lot in my coaching with people has been the relationship side of things. And the relationship side of things could be the relationship to you know, loved ones like friends and family who maybe are not on the same page or who, um, you know, make fun of them or say, oh, come on, stop spoiling our nice evening with your bad mood. And now, you know, criticizing that we eat meat and then all that sort of thing. But it also is the relationship to, you know, not so close people or entity like government, politicians, big business, like society in general for not doing enough about climate change or doing the wrong things or you know acting too little too late that kind of thing or it could also be the relationship to themselves you know or to if they have children to to their children like what did I do to my children to put them into a world like that why didn't I learn about this sooner why how could I how could I have lived this life for so long and, you know, damaging the environment and, and, you know, doing all these now horrible things and, and, you know, they're beating themselves up for their own past. So th those, those three things that, that is really what I have been seeing in, in, in the sphere of coaching people with, you know, strong um, climate anxiety. And, and there is also, this other realm of, of people that I'm coaching or other realm of clients that I have, those are people who, you know, maybe are already living sustainably or they want to do already something. Maybe they're already working for a company that is in the climate sphere. And, and for those people, for them, it's, it's mostly things like, you know, time and money mindsets. Oh, you know, I've, I'm already so busy. And I don't have time to worry about that now. And, and you know, they, they, they kind of not prioritize their own, let's say, lifestyle change that they want to make. It kind of always gets buried on the more important things if you want to. But then, of course, in the end, they never get their climate action goal done or their sustainable living goal done. And, of course, they are not happy with that they they maybe they lack confidence or time or or money or all, all sorts of things so you know there is there is really this whole spectrum uh, of people that are in in this in this sphere really needing needing support yes yeah it's fa i mean it's fascinating because it's um these are really big challenging questions you know if someone comes yeah. to you with those kind of things there there's a lot there to to think about um at the very beginning, you said that uh, what you do is you turn climate anxiety, climate anxiety into empowered action. And so uh, I'm curious to know about this word action and why specifically is action so important in the work that you do? Why, why do you focus on getting people to take empowered action rather than just, I don't know, not taking action or feeling better anyway? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I want to say, I want to say something to that, because it's not that I am 
having them take action if you want it's Mm -hmm. like a coach is never someone that can make you do something that you don't want to be doing anyways Mm -hmm. it's it's like a therapist you know if if people don't want to take action i'm not going to be able to and i actually don't even want to force them it's their decision a coach or a therapist like my main job is to hold space for people how they are where they are and how they want to be and where they want to be and and you know guide them to the goal that they set for themselves and help them take the action that they want to take themselves kind of removing the obstacles to do what they want to do so as a as a principle and um, if someone just wants to feel better that's enough for me of course i would personally want to you know wish for people that that you know like take once they have overcome their anxiety their climate anxiety that they then would go forward and do something like for example change their um uh, lower their carbon footprint or, or something like that but if for some whatever reason you know it stops at feeling better my work is done so i'm i can't i can't really um, um speak to that how i'm how I'm having people, how I'm I'm getting people to take action. So the decision to do that always comes for the client from the client. But for someone who has already decided that they want to take action, and there is just something standing in the way of that, for example, they are paralyzed by climate anxiety or all these strong emotions that I talked about before, um, or they don't know what to do. Um, my job or my help, my support that I can give them is to help them overcome these obstacles first of all identify what the problem is that is holding them back it's very interesting because it's it's most of the times it's not what it looks like to be in the beginning so you know when you dig deeper into you know really mindset issues and and all of that you know you uncover the most amazing things or let's say people think about themselves you know it's 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 also that you know the a coach is never telling or let's say a good coach, like I, like I understand a good coach to be a good coach will never tell you, oh, you are X, Y, Z, you know, this is your problem, or this is your thought. It's, it's always leading people to discover something about themselves in their own time and in their own rhythm, in their own words. Mm -hmm. So um, um, when, sorry, I lost my train. We're talking about why action is important. Um, and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So please edit. <laughs> yeah, no worries. It happens. So, um, yeah. So basically what we are doing is we we are identifying a goal, an action goal that people want to take, that they would like to take. And then we are looking at whatever is standing in the way um, of implementing that i mentioned before things like time i don't have time or i don't have the money to do that or i have so many other things going on this is not a priority and um, those kind of things or it you know people pleasing my husband is not going to go on get on board so why or even you know this all encompassing thought you know oh what can i do as an individual this is the job of governments and, and businesses mm-hmm. to do it's not my problem to solve really and, and and all of these things we can we can look at and and you know identify where they are coming from and ultimately turn them around it's really interesting to hear all of this um 
yeah, I, I have a lot of comments um, because first of all, I, I personally believe everyone can benefit from either a coach or a therapist, um, regardless of where you are in, in life, you know, age Absolutely. or whatever. Um, I mean, my the way I always look at it is if professional athletes have a coach, they have yeah. multiple coaches. Then someone yeah. like me, who's not a professional athlete or you know at that level in in anything, I certainly can benefit from a coach uh, yes. or a therapist or something. You know, someone who can who can help guide me or or even just bounce ideas because um, yeah. there's questions that come up in life all the time, and sometimes it's really helpful to have an interested third party who is objective and who can provide. Yeah. Um, like you said, a space to just have an open, honest conversation without feeling judged. Yes. Um, and, and such an important point, especially in the climate change sphere, because, you know, people feel so judged all the time by everyone, really, mm. you know, they, they, they just feel guilted and criticized right and left by everyone for either not doing enough or for doing too much and, you know, getting on everyone else's nerves side kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're totally right. So I think, I think, a very big part of a of a coach's or therapist's job is to just listen and to just let you know the client just come and and dump everything into the session that they just want to get out and just have it get out and that's it and maybe that's maybe you know maybe that's all that is needed really because during talking so often at least I notice that with myself and when I'm getting coached I'm also getting coached regularly myself mm -hmm. so you know while you're talking you are already your mind is working and you're already coming up with new ideas and, and like thought angles that you didn't consider before and, and, and all of that so it's it's amazing yeah coaching is amazing yeah <laughs> I agree. I think one other as an aside just another little helpful thing mm -hmm. that I've found from my personal experience, just with anything in life, whenever uh, I'm going through something challenging, um, whether it's emotional or at work mm. or whatever the, the case may be, if I don't have the opportunity to speak to a coach or a therapist at that moment, I find just writing in a notebook very yeah. therapeutic um, because it's the same process. It's just you have to, it, otherwise what I, what I find is my, my thoughts go in circles and, yes. but it doesn't stay on the same level frequently it starts to spiral out of control yeah. and usually um it's not a virtuous cycle it's not a good it doesn't the thoughts don't get better and better usually they get worse and worse um exactly. and when you write it down i always picture it as the ink on the page i, I actually like to write physically with a mm -hmm. pen and paper um the ink on the page are my thoughts going out of my mind and yeah you know leaving yeah. my mind and being left on the page um and and after that, I feel much, um, much calmer usually. And I yes. almost always know what I'm supposed to do next. Yeah, totally. And in fact, you know, journaling is one of the most important tools that, that I am having also in my toolbox for, mm -hmm. especially for dealing with anxiety. Yeah. So there have been a lot of studies about journaling and then like actually handwriting pen on paper, like you like you described to relieve anxiety, to relieve stress, to, you know, stop exactly this carousel of, of, of thought circle that you described. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, I can, from personal experience, I can see, yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the most, mm -hmm. if not the most powerful tool that you can do on your own. And I, I, I really want to talk more about, um, uh, about 
strategies and actions people can take. Um, and I'm just yeah. debating right now whether to go into that or to mention the fact that, I guess this is how we'll do it, um, mention the fact that what you've been talking about in terms of um, finding, I suppose, guiding people to a place where they can take action if they want to, or or helping to lift people out of a place of, you know, whether it's extreme anxiety or or total apathy or whatever the case may be, where they're, you know, feel yeah. like they're powerless. Um, th this was and still is the hypothesis and basically the, the mission, I, sh I should say, of sustainability champions, because the, the reason why this podcast exists and the social media and everything is to demonstrate that there are a lot of people around the world who are taking action yes. because every single time you open the news, um, it's all doom and gloom always about the environment, about everything in general, but within the context of what we're talking about, it's about the environment, you know, polar ice caps melting, hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever. It's always look how bad the climate is and how bad the mm -hmm. environmental situation is. And when you see that every single day for years, yes. it gets to you a lot. And you think- totally. Yeah. Just like you were saying, like there's nothing we can do and it's it's helpless. So that's what Sustainability Champions is all about, is showing actually there are a lot of people who are finding amazing ways to take action. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I've been told recently, actually, that someone who had eco-anxiety, they've followed our um, Instagram account very closely during a time of intense eco-anxiety. And it really helped. Um, I mean, we were yeah. one of multiple people, but... That's the idea. Surround yourself with good news, which mm -hmm. actually leads me totally. to the point of what I wanted to originally ask, which is in addition to journaling and in addition to having a coach, mm -hmm. what are some other strategies that people can take to, you know, assist when, when things are, when you're feeling down yeah. or, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I would say one of the most important things that I teach my clients and, and for someone who is feeling climate anxiety, eco-anxiety, that's, that's always my first, let's say, lesson or it's the first thing that I teach people is to actually understand your emotions and to process them. Hmm. And by understanding your emotions, what I mean by that is to, to understand where the anxiety is coming from in your brain, why your brain is making you feel the anxiety, because um, anxiety is a survival measure. It, it's it's a it's a it's a reaction of the primitive part of our brain that kicks into gear when there is a perceived or like real danger to our physical survival, and this programming this like you know all the hormones the brain is, is is emitting that that like make us feel anxious and that is coming from you know thousands of years ago when our brains were shaped to the day that you know like like in stone age times our brains evolved to how they are still today but the problem is this evolutionary programming that our brains have hasn't really adapted to the needs of a modern times which mm -hmm. means that our brain can go into anxiety mode, for example, simply from reading an article about climate change. You know, let's say maybe everyone who is listening and, and is feeling anxiety has had some some similar events happening. You know, you're sitting on your sofa and you you know you're just scrolling through social media and you read about um, I don't know the Amazon forest burning or whatever, and you you feeling you, you yeah you actually feel physical anxiety. Although you are sitting on your sofa, there is no 
danger. There is no threat. You're not going to die in this very min minute, but you do feel an anxious emotional reaction that is from the hormonal side of things, similar to what you would have felt if someone actually had threatened you with a knife or something like that. So mm -hmm. this means this is our brain kicking into gear and it's a survival mechanism. And, and just from knowing that, that anxiety is the most normal emotion ever and that there is nothing wrong with you for feeling it. In fact, it's, it's a completely human emotion. Everyone on this planet, every human being has felt or will feel anxiety about something at some point in their lives because we all have it. We maybe just have it about different things. You know, maybe person A has it about climate change. Person B has it about spiders. Person C has it about, you know, like falling sick from cancer or whatever, you know, whatever the cause may be. So everyone is feeling anxiety. So it is completely normal and completely human to feel anxiety. And just knowing that you can, you know, sort of watch yourself having the anxiety and not make it a problem. Take yourself out of it. Watch what is going on. And you can then start to process the emotions. And by processing the emotion, I mean, you you can actually give it a label that's the first step giving the emotion a label oh now i'm feeling anxiety that's the anxiety i recognize that i've had it before that's the anxiety hi anxiety how are you kind of thing you know and then the second step would then be to to actually watch yourself from the outside to to scientifically analyze if you want from a place of curiosity how the anxiety is manifesting itself in your body. For example, are you feeling a tightness in, in your chest or in your throat? Are you, you know, are you feeling hot? Do you feel the need to run away or to, you know, move in, in, in some way? What is going on physically? Any sensations, any vibrations that you feel? And, and you know, actually notice that and, and just be aware of that. And then the third step is to, to just allow that, to, to just let this vibration, because emotions are nothing else than vibrations of energy that flow from our brain, originate in our brain, and then flow from the brain through our body, just to let that wave, that wave of energy, that wave of vibration, like flow through your body unhindered. So sitting with the emotion, basically, and, and not distract yourself, not think about anything else, just let that happen. And it may feel uncomfortable, it may even feel painful, but the more you do that, the more you will actually realize and, and feel that an emotion that you have, even if it's strong like panic or anxiety, it's, it, it isn't gonna kill you. It's something that you can handle. And, and the more you do it, the, the, the easier it will be to handle it. And the more the emotion will actually dissipate naturally. Because you see, the, the problem with our emotions is not feeling them. Feeling them is harmless. We get to, we will produce all sorts of issues and problems for ourselves if we are not feeling our emotions, mm -hmm. if we are distracting ourselves from, from our emotions with alcohol, with overeating, with overworking, like all these over things that we are doing is just basically to distract ourselves from our own emotion because we are unable to be with 
uncomfortable negative emotions like anxiety like boredom like pain like grief you know all of that all, all of the things that we are doing despite not wanting to or that you know that we do and that they are ultimately harmful for us we we typically do them because we are unable or unwilling or we don't simply don't know how to actually feel our own feelings mm -hmm. so processing emotions and, and normalizing them and letting them be okay and letting them part be part of your human life is is the first step into uh, into actually into empowerment into you know is the first step of turning anxiety into empowerment and then from that place of empowerment that is the moment when you can start to think about taking action and then choose the action that you want to take and then go forward and take the action that you've selected to, to take. Once you get to that point where you watch it and you're feeling comfortable, you said that that's a good place to um, potentially take empowered action. And I imagine yeah. this may not necessarily happen right away. It might take some time to practice getting comfortable mm -hmm. with watching your yeah. emotion um yes. and that's okay there's no rush uh, as long as exactly. you start that it's a practice um exactly and so once you get to that place of uh, i mean how do you know when you're ready i suppose um to take that empowered action step well you know it's it's actually interesting that that you that you ask when are you ready because maybe i need to also reframe a little bit what I said before, just to not be misunderstood, because mm -hmm. since anxiety in particular is the most normal and most human reaction ever, it will always come again. You will never be able to completely get rid of anxiety in your life. The only thing that you can hope to do and hope to aspire to is to find a way to deal with the anxiety in a way that lets it be okay for the anxiety to be present. Like you, like, you know, you, you then are in a place where you can say, Oh, I'm feeling anxiety. Oh, that's okay. I don't have to worry about it. I can do what I wanted to be doing anyway. So like, if, if I wanted to give you a picture of what I mean, an image, you can either have the anxiety be on the driver's seat of your life or move it to the passenger side and you take you know you take the pass the, the driver's side and you become the driver of your life the anxiety is still there it may still talk to you it may still you know criticize you for your bad driving or something <laughs> from the passenger side but it's not it's not in control of you and your life anymore and you so there is no need to wait for it to go away or it's like, let, not, I don't want to say need, it, it's actually a wrong approach, let's say, to wait until the anxiety has subsided or until you've gotten a grip on it or something like that. It, it's, it's, it's more like, yeah, letting it be on the passenger side or like if, if you know, if you are um, a woman or um, someone else uh, or a man maybe um, who, who carries if it's more like the image of having a phone 
or something else that you are carrying with you every day, everywhere, you know, that you have in your, in your pocket, you have it there. It's there. It's not going away, but it's not disturbing you anymore. Mm -hmm. Like a woman's handbag or for a man, the iPhone or, you know, your, your your, um, portemonnaie, something like that. So the anxiety will never go away. Really. It's, it's a matter of dealing with it to a degree that it doesn't block you, that it doesn't hold you back from doing what you wanted to do. That's the, that's the point. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that comes back to the idea of, of it's a practice um, because like you said, it, it will never go away. And so I think that it sounds like the, the most important thing to do is get to a point where when it does arise, uh, it's almost like what you're, what you're looking to do from what, what I'm hearing is you want to get to a point where you cat you catch that feeling of the anxiety coming uh, before it takes over. So that way you can exactly. you can as soon as you feel it coming, you say, "Oh, there's the anxiety," and that's fine. There it is. You've labeled it. It's fine. You you watch it um, rather than yeah. it completely taking over you, and then exactly. you start make taking action or or not taking action because the anxiety is the one in the driver's seat. The faster you can say anxiety is coming up. The so- and notice that the sooner you can move it into that passenger seat and continue exactly you know, doing what you want. And that that's the idea of the practice and watching exactly. it. And I suppose even journaling, once you start feeling that emotion, you catch yourself thinking, oh, wow, that's the anxiety. You can start writing about it. It doesn't have to be yeah. anything. I mean, you're not writing for publication. It's just for yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. The And, and it's a lifelong thing. This is because we're we, like you what said, we're, we feel um, these emotions for the rest of our life. So it's not a yeah. it's not a quick fix, but it's something that you can it's a tool that you can use with for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, there are so many other tools, journaling, meditation, mm-hmm. breathing exercises, grounding exercises. There is so much you can do when you feel anxiety to just get a grip on it. You just, you know, move it over to the passenger side. It, it's amazing. Once you start looking there are so many things that you can do to help. And, and are these exercises the kind of things that you work on with your clients during calls? Yeah, yeah. And Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do all of that. I, I offer all of these tools, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's really important. And what I like about the types of tools that you just outlined is they're not like actual tools that you carry with you in a bag. You know, it's these are things, I mean, aside from a journal, um, but worst case scenario, you can yeah. write, notes in your phone, but I mean, breathing exercises, meditation, you can do this anywhere. It can be on a bus. You yeah. can be on, on the Metro driving, you know, yeah. whenever you want, it's, it's available there for you. It's really just learning yeah. what they are. Yeah. Um, how, out of curiosity, how did you get into this? How, how, where, was there a specific moment when you realized this is what you want to do? Yes, Todd. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, or I guess for most coaches, they have been their own best client before they chose their Mm -hmm. niche and of course that 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 was at least the same uh, that that was at least the case for me so my own eco-anxiety journey started in 2018 um I had just gotten married the day the year before and and my husband and I were you know planning to have a family and then I came across the IPCC report of 2018 which was the one that said that we have 12 years left to turned this thing around on climate change. I think it was also the same report that sparked Greta Thunberg and, and Fridays for Future uh, into action. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for me, it was the beginning of my, you know, falling down in, into a, like a really, really dark and, and gloomy hole of 
despair and, and hopelessness and this I mean my life is over to, not my life my my personal life but I was questioning everything really I was questioning having a baby I was questioning whether I was having the right job whether I could maybe do something more in my like I mean I was I was questioning everything in my life and and it, it was really I was crying for extended periods of the day and and uh, I mean really dark times and um <clears throat> I um I went to therapy I went to all sorts of people to talk about that and and my experience really was that not a lot of people were knowledgeable about climate or eco anxiety in particular so I ultimately ended up going like finding coaching and and finding the type of coaching that I've now been trained in and this turned things around for me because it was the first time that I actually understood about my emotions where they are actually coming from and that I didn't have that experience from therapy when I went to therapy my experience with therapy was that I was talking and I was being listened to fine but then it kind of stop there if you know what I mean it, it kind of I, I never felt that I was getting a tool or something concrete and actionable that I could then take out of the session and implement in my daily life and and that was what I got from this coaching um, uh, uh, institute or this this school that I've that I've now been trained in and in fact those just doing just doing this type of coaching getting coached for a few months already changed so much for me that I've decided to actually become a coach myself just to be able to teach this to other people and, and of course from my climate anxiety experience and not finding the emotional and, and mental support in in that climate anxiety sphere like with my own climate anxiety in particular led me to to choose that niche and and i mean i'm guessing that there is an, a huge demand for that so <laughs> at least at least yeah i mean i mean i'm the, the interesting thing is that i'm i'm thinking that there are a lot of people out there who maybe don't identify themselves as having eco anxiety or climate anxiety interestingly so at least where I'm living, for example, in Germany, you know, mental health in general and, and depression and things like that is, is still a, a kind of a taboo topic. Mm. So people wouldn't really openly admit that they have anxiety, that they have depression, things like that. I don't know how it is in other countries. I guess the United States is a little bit further advanced on that, where it's much more commonplace to have a therapist or to have a life coach. So and there I'm guessing it's it's a bit easier but in in any case so it's it's interesting because although statistics say that i don't know more than half of um, all people and i think 70 or 80 percent of, of young people are suffering from severe eco-anxiety it, it still isn't so op openly talked about or wasn't even recognized as a mental health issue at all until just a few years ago and, mm -hmm. and even this climate change coaching advanced certification that i did is I still, I, I think I was the 70th person to do it in total. So it, it's really a very new angle, a very new niche, a very mm -hmm. new 
approach, a very new profession, if you want to to do too. So it's 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 it. I really do feel a lot like a like a like a pioneer sometimes, but it's 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 the most interesting thing in the world, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do anything else. No, that's um, wonderful, and I and I agree with you. I think it is still a very new topic, and you know, it's hard to to generalize by country. I think there's certain in the U.S. There's probably certain areas uh, where it's more okay to talk about mental health issues whereas other areas it might yeah. not be i mean regionally speaking but yeah it's um i've read articles about how therapists and therapists in particular are just getting inundated some therapists are getting inundated with people who have eco anxiety yeah. and that's the only reason why they're going to therapy is it it was the same situation that that you were in which is a very difficult dark place to be you know yeah. you read some reporter you just keep, as we were saying earlier you're just bombarded with this negative information you just think yeah. i don't really see the point of life anymore because we're all yeah going to die basically very soon yeah. and certainly the media likes to make it even more intense because they need to sell the story and and sometimes mm -hmm. you know the the information that's provided can be slightly massaged in order to make a better story and so that doesn't help anything um but, but so yeah it's it's a it's a big big problem and yeah. um and i the, the saddest part is um the it's affecting children as well. You know, know. when you were experiencing your eco-anxiety, you, you were an adult already. Um, yes. but I have a friend whose daughter, I think at the time when I learned about this, she was maybe eight or nine years old, possibly 10 years old. And she's already experiencing eco-anxiety because she's learning yeah. about, you know, so information is so easy to access now, whether it's yeah. on social media or just seeing things on the news because the parents are watching or whatever the or they're even teaching it at school, which has its pros and cons, of course. Um, so you have young children now who are experiencing eco-anxiety yeah. and that's, yeah. I could imagine that depending on how intense it is, it could even potentially create some form of post-traumatic stress disorder in some totally, situations yeah. and affects a child's life, you know, forever, unless it's addressed properly exactly yeah um and it's yeah that's it's sad to see um but i think you know the work that you're doing is so crucial because these things need to be examined and um the the approach that i have at sustainability champions or that we have is that um these problems exist mm -hmm. we're not saying let's ignore the problem it's exactly. let's find a way to think about it differently or or I, I don't even call them problems. I call them challenges. Just even naming them yeah. slightly differently, yes. and seeing them as an opportunity. These Such are, yeah. exactly, they're little tricks that you can do to, like, your brain is smart, but sometimes you can be smarter than your brain, you know, and, and yeah, find ways to totally. sort of work around, like, yeah, use the brain's weaknesses to your advantage, if if, if you will. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. What are some, just on the point of, Kind of what you're hoping to see, because what we're what we're talking about here is is a really big challenge uh, to use that word, in terms of, you know, there are a lot of people who are experiencing eco anxiety. Many of them are not talking about it publicly yeah. because there's shame, embarrassment, whatever the case may be. You know, what what are sort of your hopes for the future when it comes to mental health around climate change and and eco anxiety? Well. I have many hopes for the future, of course, uh, with regards to to how climate change or how people will, you know, rise to the occasion. Let's say, with regards to to eco anxiety and, and climate anxiety, my wish for the future would be that it 
becomes a mainstream thing to talk about and to deal with and to address in you know in in emotional education in our brain knowledge let's say that that it really becomes um, a, a much bigger and much more important topic to be focused on by everything and by everyone who is a professional in that realm um and i also would like to see the mental health angle of climate change in, in general to become more important than it is actual than it is at the moment because of course climate change is a huge challenge and hugely important in all of its aspects but particularly this mental health impact that it has has been under discussed or under noticed to my mind at least and mm -hmm. i think it, if that were more mainstream knowledge that climate change the climate crisis is also a mental health crisis potentially you know the drive to take action from those in powers to do so would be greater and of course with regards to you know taking action and doing something about climate change once you have learned how to deal with your anxiety in the way that we talked about before you know moving it to the passenger side rather to the driver's seat um my wish really is to that more people than actually now are are understanding our current situation in a way that is it is not game over it is game on and that really is something that you know for example there is this huge movement around deep adaptation i don't know whether you've heard about that mm -hmm. the deep uh -huh. adaptation movement for example is this, this i mean i don't know whether it's huge compared to other communities but deep adaptation is is um you know there are facebook groups and and everything around it so it's it's basically a movement or a community of people who have basically to, at least that's how it looks like to me who have basically given up who have resignated and say have said okay society is going to collapse and um, there is at this point it's too late to do anything there will there will be complete upheaval complete breakdown of everything from food chains over societal governmental structures we have now to adapt, deeply adapt to this total chaos and total destruction and and and, and whatever is mm -hmm. they, they perceive to be. And I've taken a look around in this community, and I have to say that for me, it's at least 10 to 20 years too early to talk about that because we are in the decisive decade. And if all these people who, for example, now are focusing on how to deal with the destruction before the destruction has actually happened. We would have so many more people doing something about climate change. And those are people that are already in the know of what could potentially happen and what climate change is and what to do about it and, and all of that. So my wish would be that everyone informs themselves about climate change and about things that they can do and also that we are not wasting any more time on pointing fingers pointing blames saying things like oh you know it's this is not my problem as an individual because i'm living in a rich country or i have money or um i don't know i don't have any children so you know 
I don't care about future generations. I live only once. I'm 70 something now. This is not my problem anymore. Or um, also think saying this is the job of, of governments or politicians or big business to, to say. One, one of the most common sayings that I'm that I'm reading, and it always it always makes me, you know, wouldn't say angry, but but yeah, I mean it always it always kind of triggers something in me is is you know saying climate change is not for the individual to solve. It's, uh, what is it, 70 something? Com no, 100 companies are responsible for 71% of all carbon emissions. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, why are these companies still doing that? Because they are still in business, because someone keeps buying their products. And if you look at those 100 companies, you will notice that I think, uh, I think 10 out of them or whatever are coal um, mining companies and, and the other 80 or whatever are, are fossil fuel oil companies. So, I mean, of course, as long as we haven't completely shifted to renewable energy, there will be coal burn. So these companies will produce emissions. So, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it's too easy as an individual to just say, okay, this is the job of someone else to take care of. And I'm, you know, I can sort of wash my hands and then just go about my day. I think at this point, we don't have time for that anymore. I think we need, we don't need just a handful of people doing everything perfectly and, you know, having a zero um, waste policy or a, a non-existing carbon footprint. I think we should strive for getting millions of people on board and doing the best they can. And, and, and I also want to help or challenge um, everyone to, look for something that can that they still can do a little bit better because you know a lot of people also maybe say okay i'm already switching off the lights when i'm not in the room or i'm i'm turning off the water when i'm brushing my teeth and that's enough for me maybe you can do something else that is also easy that doesn't cost you anything that maybe requires a little bit of research a little bit of asking around but you know, maybe there is something that you can do. Maybe it's one a meal per week that is meatless, or you can switch your bank to a bank that is not sponsoring fossil fuels, or you can donate to um, um, organizations that um, empower women or that plant trees, or you can offset your carbon footprint. You know, there are so many things that you can actually do to really make a big difference or your own carbon footprint that really require almost no significant change of your current lifestyle. And once you've done all of these and you've noticed, oh, this is actually easy and I'm actually having a bigger quality of life than before because I have less stuff that I'm buying. I have less stuff that I have to take care of, that I have to clean. I'm, you know, I'm feeling good about my impact. I'm feeling good about giving back to the planet, to society. I'm, you know, and then that's, that's spurring people maybe on to do even more to live more minimalistic or to you know explore other things that they could do and and you know it it really has to start it, it doesn't have to start with you know going off grid and living in a tiny house tomorrow you can you know <laughs> do things that are compatible with your personal lifestyle, with your values, with your individual skill set, with your resources in terms of time, money, family structures and, and all of that. And you will be able to find something to do. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And you will also be able to find the next thing to do wherever you are. No, no one is perfect. And there is always something else to be done.
Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that completely. And I believe that I, I the point everything you said I agree with. The point specifically <laughs> that I agree with, um, like a lot, a lot is the power of the individual. Um, because first of all, someone who is not in a position of power actually is in the position of power because they still vote with their wallet or with their money. Every time an individual makes a purchase, you are saying, I want more of this because I bought it. So I want, you know, I, I agree with it. I, I yeah. think it's a good thing. But to look at the other extreme, for the people who don't believe in the power of the individual, I mean, to take, to, to go for an extreme example, you know, out of those hundred companies that you mentioned, there is one person at the top of the company who makes the final decision. And to yeah. say that the individual does not have power means that that one person doesn't have power either. So actually the individual exactly. does have a lot of power and governments are made up of not that many individuals. It's usually just a exactly. few hundred. And yeah. these are just individuals who have a lot of power. Yeah. So Personally, I'm a I I'm a firm believer that the individual has all of the power. You know, yeah. um, it's not the government. The government is a faceless concept, but the government is actually made up of individual people who can yeah. all make a decision and make changes. So I agree with you. The the power rests with the individual at the end of the day. It always comes down to that. And if you if you're not in a position of power where you can make big decisions that make you know, large changes, you still have the power to vote at the very minimum, vote with your wallet. And if there are certain things that are out of budget, that's fine. You don't have to buy those things. Do exactly. your best. Just do your best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one really easy thing you can do is just stop wasting food. That's such a yeah, big that's thing. actually the most important thing to yeah. do in terms of carbon emissions. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean and you'll end up saving money. <laughs> Exactly. You save money, you save time, you save emission. I mean, it's a win-win-win situation for people. So many and, and, and Yeah. So that's one of the easiest examples, actually. And I, I totally agree with what you said. And I actually want to add to that and say everyone, every individual is also part of a community, part of maybe a family, a circle of friends. A, a, maybe you work for a you know, a, a, a company or some sort of entity that is not just existing out of yourself and no one else. And everything that you have will have a, a trickle effect. So if you start and be the change in this little community, in your family, and others see from your example that it is actually doable, that it is actually easy, and that it is actually beneficial, not just for the planet, but maybe also for your well-being, for your, you know, wallet, as we just said, you know, saving, saving money, saving time, being happier, being healthier, then a lot of other people will be inspired. In fact, that happened with me. I was the first in my social circle to care about climate change and the environment. And suddenly all my friends sort of started jumping on board. And now we have these wonderful discussions about what is the best plastic-free shampoo bar and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm getting inspired by my friends who've now sort of researched and they tell me the latest product on XYZ. And, you know, so, so, yeah, so, so what I'm saying is don't discount your own influence, both on a, let's say, systemic global level with regards to your consumption choices, with regards to your voting and political choices, 
but also with your like everyday choices in your family, being a an, an, sort of an example for your children, being an example to your circle of friends and, and you know, making, being the first to change. And, and to everyone who says, well, why should I be the first to change? Who better than you? You get to be the example that sets, that paves the road and you get to choose how you want to have it done and everyone else will follow your lead. So that's much better sometimes than, you know, being the one that's dragged behind everyone else at a point where you actually have to, and it was never your own choice. So now you get to pave the road, you get to be the pioneer and you get to inspire a movement, a community around this. And if for whatever reason, you can't find anyone within your social circle, your, your existing social circle, find a new one. There are so many groups out there of, you know, I don't know, gardeners, zero wasters, um, sustainable living people. There, I'm, I'm sure there is a Facebook group for everything. And, and if you can't find anyone on Facebook, Google, and I'm sure you will find some sort of community, some sort of human structure, let's say, where you fit in, where you can find like-minded people. And, and then the beautiful thing that will then happen, like it happened to me, was then then you get to the point where you see, oh my God, there are so many people out there already doing that. I'm not, I'm not isolated. I'm not alone. I always thought I was, but I'm not. And it it like at the I'm I'm I've now arrived at a point where it's actually mind-boggling to me that we haven't solved this climate change issue already because there are so many people working on it already with so fantastic ideas and so many initiatives and and inventions and and science and and well i mean it's just mind-blowing and and i've turned myself completely around to a complete optimist just from doing all of this research and for looking around and and i mean my life has become so much better just for taking the time to look around what is already being done and for finding looking for and finding my own place in this movement yeah well that's wonderful and i'm i'm really really Glad to hear it and happy to hear it. And I've actually come to the exact same conclusion through through my work with sustainability champions because mm-hmm. I agree with you. There's so many people who are finding ways to solve this problem or these chal- the all of these environmental challenges. And there, there's a lot of them as as we know. Um, but the solutions are incredible. And there's mm-hmm. so many people who are finding so many different ways to solve this, these, these questions yeah. and these challenges. As you said, it's surprising that we haven't done it yet. Um, but it's just a matter of time. People are so clever and they're so hardworking and they're so innovative that by the time we'll figure it out just a matter of time and um yeah yeah, i'm a complete optimist totally i yeah yeah it's challenging yes and i'm not saying that that it's we're we're done and we have to stop we can stop and relax it's just we're the the path is there we just need to keep going now yeah and and just because you said that the path is there and we're not done another thing that that i also really want to stress is that you know because this 1.5 degree goal has been you know all sorts of so all over the news that we won't be able to make it anymore and and i'm saying yes we won't be able to make it but it doesn't stop there just because we won't reach that there is still reason enough to work for 1.6 1.7 1.8 so you know every milli fraction of a mill that we will save in terms of temperature rise is worth doing everything we can I think and 
So I, I also want to tell everyone who got disheartened by that news that, you know, the 1.5 degree goal isn't within reach anymore or is perceived to not be in reach at this point. It doesn't matter. Our work is not finished. We have we every single day of the rest of our life, how doesn't matter how old we are, whether we are 89 or five years old, climate change and the fight against climate change will be will have to be part of our everyday life and um, no matter what because yeah ev as i said every every fraction um every fraction of a degree is is that that we don't have is going to be beneficial for us absolutely and we're we're finding all those solutions now and yeah. um a couple of points and um uh just to off of the back of what you said, one one place I've found that is extremely uh, useful for finding a community is uh, for for these various areas of interest is Reddit. Uh, Reddit.com is they have everything, whether you're into zero waste or just general environmental news, whatever the case may be, they have a group for everything. And then they have little subgroups and it just keeps going. And so you can find your perfect little niche, yeah. you know, um, so that's a wonderful place to go if you can't find anything on Facebook. And I find Reddit to be more organized than Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. That's just, they're just very good at that. But Facebook is good too. Um, and I forgot the second point, but it was, it was good. Um, but you said it well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, you know, I, I really, I'm really glad to hear about the, your optimism, Katarina, because I think that's what we need is optimism with this, a belief that it can get better. Uh, because if, if yeah. that belief is gone, then there's nothing to work toward. And and actually, I also want to want to say that the belief is, is the thing that will create the future. So we will only be able to create the future if we believe in it. So everything that you think your mind is creating your reality. So this is like all the coaching speak now really compressed into one into one sentence, but it really starts in your mind. Whatever is happening in your life, how your life is turning out, whatever you've done already, your successes, your failures, everything that that you had in your life has been produced by your own thinking. So if we want to have a future and if this future is supposed to look like a good future an optimistic future we will have to believe in it so the the process of envisioning it and like living in the vision of this future as if it were already reality today that is the key to making it happen and all those people that have those inventions that have those solutions that are working on them those are people that had a thought it started with a thought and they've believed in that thought and that potential solution this idea that it could work long and hard and enough to make it happen so that that is also something that i want to leave for for everyone everyone who is listening visioning you know, making vision boards about the future and, and dreaming about the future, not in an unrealistic way, like we will be able to fly by ourselves or something like that. You know, it, I'm not talking about unicorns and, and all of that kind of stuff, but actually imagining the future, how it could be 
in a positive sense, you know, don't think about the future only in terms of how it will not be or what we will lose or what is going, going to go wrong and what is going to be not there anymore, but really allow yourself to create a vision from deep within yourself of what could go right, of how could it look like, how would you feel in it? And then go imagining that every single day, like how how are you moving in it? Where are you? Who is with you? Where are you living? How are you living? How are you feeling? What are you eating? What are you doing? What is your day to day? How, how does it look like? How could it look like? Imagine that and, and live into this future already today. And that will that will help you mm-hmm. create what you are envisioning today. Yeah. And I think that's um, a really important lesson and something just on the point of watching your thoughts, watching how you feel and yes. yeah, taking an active approach to, uh, to creating that, those, those thoughts and, and the good feelings that keep you, keep you motivated. So um, Katarina, thank you so much for your time and for going through all of this. I think uh, the work that you're doing is phenomenal and very important because like we said, you know, if, if you're in a place where things are not looking good or you're, you're feeling like there's nothing that can be done, it, it could be very, very difficult. And as you know, yourself personally um but you're doing something amazing which is to help lifting people out of that state and hopefully bringing them to a place where either they're at peace or they're at peace and taking action so thank you so much and best of luck continuing with with this work thank you thank you and i believe um for everyone who wants to get in touch with me i think we will leave all the notes and links and and uh, social media handles in in the show notes or in some other place so yeah and um, yeah, and thank you for the reminder. What, if someone does want to contact you and learn more about the work that you're doing or or reach out and, and ask about coaching or, or get involved, where is the best place to to go and, and contact you and learn more? So um, I'm available under my name in on Instagram and uh, LinkedIn, and that's also my URL. So it's uh, katarinahelman.com. I'm, in order to spell that correctly, you would have to look at the show, the show notes, I guess, but um, yeah, so my name is, is is good. Also, if you enter Eco Anxiety Coach into Instagram or um, into Google, um, that's also my second URL, Eco Anxiety Coach in, in one word. Mm-hmm. And I'm still reachable um, uh, under that. So that is that is how people can reach me. Excellent. Well, um, it's a good place to go. And if you have any questions about what to do if you're feeling eco anxiety or if you're not even sure if you have eco anxiety, but something doesn't feel quite right. Uh, I think Katarina is a great place to to start and and ask some questions, see what see what's going on. Uh, well, Katarina, thank you again so much for your time. It was great to chat, and um, best of luck thank with you. everything moving forward. Thank you. Same to you. It was great to chat. Thank you very much for having me.